What's up everybody? It's Dan Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office. Uh, you may hear fans buzzing. Uh, it is still hot here in Central Oregon. So uh, got the doors closed but uh, those fans make some noise. And uh, also the neighbors are having some sort of uh, shindig over at their shop so you probably hear some music or something in the background. So I apologize for any um, sound pollution oh and there goes my phone telling me that i forgot to turn the sound off there we go anyway um yeah thanks for listening i'm glad you guys are tuning in i appreciate all the feedback um been hit or miss on these things uh summertime is tough man just so much going on um you know the weekends are when i get to go do my stuff uh so you know it's hard to it's hard to get everything done so trying trying hard to make it happen but uh anyways i appreciate you guys patience and uh and the feedback and all that so thank you thank you for all that thanks for the patreon donations um you know that's also very helpful you guys if you want to head over to patreon you know binder boneyard podcast and you can donate, you know, dollar a month, uh, whatever. It's uh, it's all helpful. These things aren't free to make, so you know, any any kind of assistance is always appreciated, but not required. Uh, maybe someday when I'm Oprah famous, maybe there'll be some sort of subscription. But no, for now we're uh, we're all free. So anyway. Um, today we're going to talk about engines and more specifically resealing them. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of engines out there. They come through here pretty regular, regularly, um, uh, that run great. They are like little sewing machines or actually big heavy sewing machines they just they're quiet they're smooth and they're they're awesome and guys want to rebuild them i'm like well you know if it's got you know decent compression and it's not smoking i'm really not sure the rebuild is necessary um you know, like I, I'm kind of one of those, if it's not, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And, um, but they leak typical international leak out of every orifice and maybe they run a little bit hot, pretty standard. Uh, you know, any, anytime you get into an engine that's 50, 60 years old and never been gone through you're going to run into stuff like that. And so what we will do a lot of times is just a really extensive reseal. And this is kind of what I recommend for a lot of you guys out there that message me looking for advice on rebuilds and whatnot. And, you know, it's, um, 
it's definitely labor intensive, but it's fairly inexpensive. I mean, the gasket kits, freeze plugs, paint, I mean, you're in it a couple hundred bucks, 300 bucks, uh, you know, depending on what you go with. Um, and I'm, I'm specifically speaking about the, the V8s, you know, 304, 266, 345, 392. 392s are a little questionable because they, uh, you know, they have a few little different quirks. But, um, you know, the thing, the best thing you can do for an engine that runs really good like that, um, but, you know, it needs it needs some attention is just the reseal you know what we normally do here is check them out make sure it's it's worth it you know do a compression test check the vacuum when you got it all tuned and all that you know if if it's uh making you know 16 to 18 inches of vacuum then you know it's worth looking into we're at almost 3000 feet so our vacuum numbers are a little bit lower than someone that's at sea level but um you know if you got good vacuum and you've got compression anything over i would say 110 uh 110 on a cylinder is still pretty good i mean really when they're brand new they're at like 150 160 uh, between 140 and 160, I would say safely. Um, so 110 is definitely low, uh, but I have had several that I ran for years that had 90. Um, so yeah, it's low compression. You're not getting a ton of horsepower, but you know they keep running. So you guys on a budget or whatever, you know if you've got 100 pounds on all the cylinders and it runs and it's reliable you know what keep running it uh you know that's not a popular opinion with uh some of the more um engine oriented builders out there uh, and i'm sure i'll get some messages from people telling me that i'm stupid but uh you know if you're not towing with it and you're not uh, working it real hard and it's just a driver especially if it's a scout that you just are running on the weekends or whatever you can be a little bit down on compression and you know as long as you're checking the oil regularly i just keep running it um you know just know though that in the back of your mind that someday sooner than later a rebuild is on your horizon so i mean if it's in if you've got low compression and it's still running good then you know consider a rebuild um you know and then of course if your motor's making a bunch of racket then there's you know some some stuff that's going to have to happen in there but this is more about the the engines that run good like in my red truck my travelette that thing runs great it's quiet it's you know all that stuff but it leaks i've resealed a couple of valve covers in the valley pan and um you know but it's leaking out of out of the oil pan and the rear main and the front seal and it just everywhere so, you know, and it's low. I mean, it's got like 85 pounds of compression on one of the cylinders. So it's, it's low, but it just keeps running. So I just keep driving it. But 
what I recommend you do if this is the the path you're going to go down is get you know the Felpro gasket kits. I think they're the only ones that are available anymore. Um, brass freeze plugs and uh, and I know some of them you can't. There's no you have to use steel for like the bottom of the intake manifold and uh, part of the block because they're not. It's not a cup. It's actually just like a dished washer that you, you know, set in there and then you dent it in the middle. And that's what creates the, the, uh, tension to hold it. And so, um, but you want brass freeze plugs anywhere that you can just for the longevity, you know, they won't corrode out like the, uh, like the galvanized steel ones that were originally in there. The other thing that you're going to want to look for um, besides gaskets and freeze plugs and stuff um, is a good degreaser. Um, some people use like dollar store oven cleaner. Um, I don't know, we buy Purple Power um, or the, yeah, it's the stuff in the purple jug. Um, we buy it by the five gallon pail, but uh, you can get it at you know Walmart or whatever. It's fairly cheap. It's caustic. It will burn your skin if you expose it to it uh, without gloves. So keep that in mind. You can dilute it down with water. Also keep that in mind that water on your engine can cause it to rust. So be quick with it. Um, so oh, as far as freeze plugs go. Uh, when you go to buy those, you can buy them from our website or from various other places, that there's usually two kits required. There'll be one for the engine and one for the heads. They sell them separately because some people just do head work. And when they do the heads, then you just need the ones for the heads. And it doesn't make sense to buy one for the engine. Uh, and vice versa. So uh, if you do go to our website and buy those, just pay attention to what you're, uh, what you're getting. So anyway, um, yeah, you know, the first thing you do, you're going to have to take it out of the vehicle. You cannot do this job installed in the truck. So yeah, sorry. But it gives you a chance to look over some other things and you know, maybe correct some issues while, while it's out. Um, some guys like to paint the inner fenders and paint the firewall and whatever, just to clean stuff up. So, um, you know, <clears throat> get your radiator out of there. You got to take the hood off most of the time. Um, you know, get it out of there. And then it gives you a chance to look at the clutch. If you need to flywheel resurface, whatever, have the exhaust manifolds resurfaced all good times to do that. So, um, what we like to do is, is, you know, I haven't in a while cause we're, we're used to it here, but back in the old days, get yourself one of those blue kitty pools and you either hang the motor from cherry picker or you put it on a traditional engine stand in the kitty pool. And that way you eliminate um, making a mess of your garage or your driveway or your backyard or whatever you're doing it in. Um, 
because it's just cleaning the engine initially it's just a it's it's dirty it's messy it's greasy it's gross you're gonna get shit everywhere so if you can contain it in your kiddie pool that goes a long ways Uh, also while you're disassembling you if you drop something whatever it's gonna stay in the kiddie pool hopefully um so normally what i recommend you know start at the top pull the intake manifold off well i'll back up before you removed it out of the truck hopefully you took the carburetor off and you know power steering pump if you had it uh take the alternator off take the fan off um you know it helps if you take the water pump off that kind of stuff before you remove it make sure all your wiring is undone make sure you know there's no clamps holding anything on of course make sure your torque converters loose or your clutch is loose or transmission is loose from the flywheel um you know i recommend draining the oil and the water out of it as much as you can while it's in the truck uh, that way you can kind of catch it and then Again, when you put it in your kiddie pool, it's going to puke more water and more oil. So it's just all contained in this in this little kiddie pool. So get it out. Start at the top. Pull the intake. Pull the valve covers. Um, you know, if it has good, decent compression and there's no sign of a head gasket problem, we don't pull the heads normally. Um just because I don't know Uh, if you do have a head problem then you're gonna have to be it's gonna be a lot deeper than what I'm talking about we generally you know pull the uh, front timing cover off pull a crank pulley pull the front timing cover all the water tubes the water pump housing all that stuff comes off Um, pull your freeze plugs take slide hammer or you know prying tool do not pry on the outside of the freeze plugs because you will scratch the bore and then you're going to have water leaks. So you need to, we normally will drill a hole in the center or use a self-drilling screw, uh, like a quarter, quarter inch self-drilling screw. You hook a slide hammer to it and then you can pop them out that way. Or you drill a hole in it and then use a hook tool to pry them out. Um, either one. But uh, yeah, get it apart, get it clean. Um, you know, the individual tins, the valley pan, that stuff, you can clean separately in the solvent tank or um, in your kiddie pool. But I would recommend buying a substantial amount of Purple Power. I would buy a case of uh, non-chlorinated brake clean from your local parts store. That way you know everything is clean because um, some solvents will leave a residue behind that makes your gasket hard to stick to. Um, so you want to make sure that you've got the proper chemicals to make sure everything is clean for reassembly. Um, you know, the other thing too is when you pull it apart, um, you know, of course you'll take the oil pan down. Um, that should show you any uh, um, surprises. You know, you're going to see if there's cam bearing material or any chunks of metal or anything in there. Uh, we had one in here that ran okay. Didn't make too much noise. I had low oil pressure. 
And when we turned it upside down to pull the pan and the oil pump off, there was cam bearing hanging out of the bore in the middle, one of the middle positions of the block. Like you could look in there and just see a ribbon of, of metal sticking out of it. And then in the pan, there was a bunch of shavings and metal also. So that was one that went from reseal to rebuild real quick. Um, so yeah. Um, and then also you use that opportunity to rebuild your oil pump, um, or at least, uh, install a rebuilt one. If you have a pickup, the scouts, they don't make new oil pumps anymore. You have to have a reman. And, um, so there's shops out there. We rebuild them. Um, other places do them too. So yeah, you can, um, you know, I would really, really, really recommend having the oil pump gone through just because most of these things have pretty low oil pressure, um, this late in the game, you know, a lot of the oil passages are pretty plugged and whatnot. So the flow isn't the best. Um, so while you got it apart, you know, if you see any chunks of carbon, especially in the, in the heads under the valve covers, you know, try and use a bottle brush or something and push out the oil passages Make sure the under the valley pan is all clean, no carbon in there. Make sure that you get just as much of that junk out as possible because when you put it all back together, you, the last thing you want is to flush all this junk back down into the oil pan and then your, you know, the oil pickup is going to start sucking up chunks of carbon again and all that. So it's really best to make sure the motor is as clean as possible before you put it back together also. Um, but while you're doing your cleaning, leave the spark plugs in the holes so that way nothing can fall in the cylinder from there. The other thing is, is as soon as you have the intake and valley pan off, you need to cover the holes for the intake. Uh, you know, what we normally do is we'll take paper towel put it make it a ball and then we jam it in the hole there so that you know it, you can't shove it into the cylinder but it also will stop anything from falling in so we plug all the holes in the head um the intake and the water jackets with paper towel and then we put a piece of masking tape over the top of that so that nothing no overspray you know no chemicals nothing can go down the head because uh, if you drop a nut or a chunk of carbon or something in there, it can it can ruin your day real quick. So, um, yeah, you will want to make sure that you got that clean. Uh, you'll notice that when you pull all your freeze plugs out, that your block is going to be three quarters full of rust and grit and gunk. Uh, so the best thing you can do is to hose that out. Um, you know, if you can, your your best bet. If you've got it degreased and it's clean-ish and all that, then you can, you know, take it out in your driveway or somewhere where it's okay, and then flush the water jacket, water passages out, um, out of the block, because that's you know part of the overheating or the running hot problems that the internationals have is that they got junk in the block, so. 
you're you're going to want to flush that out front to back you know don't forget there's freeze plugs at the back of the block and the back of the heads um, so you know pull all of that off flush it out so you're probably going to need a long screwdriver a heavy wire that you can poke in there and help break up some of the deposits i mean these things they did such a bad job at the factory when they were coming out of casting that half of them still have casting sand in the bottoms of the water jackets so you got to clean all that out and then you know where the water tubes go all that stuff clean clean as possible and if you do that with a garden hose or whatever you have to immediately make sure you dry it off um, either blow it off with compressed air or you know wd-40 the whole thing just to get the water out make sure there's no water down spark plug wells that kind of thing no water in the exhaust side you know if you want to take paper towel and tape and plug the exhaust side of the head that's not a bad idea either if you're going to be spraying a garden hose around um and then when you go back to paint it you're going to spray the whole block down with brake clean anyways so that your paint will stick to it um and for us what we like to do is we like to paint the block first while it's bare mask off we we have old tins and old timing covers that we use specifically for painting so that we don't have to mask uh, as much so we normally will throw those on shoot the whole the block and then pull them off and then the tins that belong on it we will have painted um, and have prepped and painted one thing i will say about the tins is make sure that the uh, bolt holes um, on the valley pan and, and all the pans you take a hammer and a dolly and you make sure that they are flat um, so over the years the holes will get flared or kind of puckered out from being over tightened because you know it'll start to leak and someone will go oh it must be loose and then they put three or four turns on it and they crinkle the holes and then now you can't ever get it tight again so dolly out those tins make sure everything's flat all the holes are flat i should say and then uh, make sure your gasket surfaces are clean and dry wiped down you're going to go through a couple rolls of paper towels probably wiping everything down making sure it's clean um you know if you want to do it i don't want to say right but you want to eliminate as many chances for error um, that's the way that we do it like i said paper towels a lot of brake clean um, you know try to do this assembly inside or at least out of the wind and, and the weather but uh, you know when you put it back together make sure all of your hardware is clean uh, you know everything has to be clean don't put greasy bolts back in it and i mean the threads like clean the threads clean all that stuff run a, a tap a thread chasing tap down all the threaded holes especially the exhaust manifold uh, holes in the head make sure all those are clean cleared out um, you know you put brake clean down all the holes 
blown them out. You don't need any residue coming back out and ruining your gasket sealer that you're going to put on. Uh, so once you've got stuff painted and you're ready to start putting it back together, we kind of do it, I don't know, in a, in a back and forth kind of way. Um, we put the oil pan on last. That way, if anything gets dropped into, you know, the oil passage or valley pan or whatever, there's a chance that it can fall out the bottom. Uh, if you put the oil pan on first and then you drop something, then the pan's got to come back off. So um, we generally wait to put the oil pan on. So, um, you know, if you got your Felpro kit, they're going to be mostly cork gaskets. We use a Loctite product that's a flange sealer gasket maker. Um, I think the, the number is 4,500. It's very expensive. I don't recommend you buy it um, for just this one job if you're just doing it yourself. Uh, this other stuff that we've had really good luck with, I had good luck with in my early years, was this product called The Right Stuff. And it's kind of a dark gray, black colored sealer. Um, you're going to want a good size tube of it. And what I normally do is after the sealing surfaces have been prepped, I put a real thin layer of, of right stuff on the, um, I guess the, the engine side, and then a thin layer on the tin side of the gasket. And then you lay it on there and throw the tin on and, you know, tighten up very carefully um, and very lightly. A lot of those tins don't require more than about 10 foot pounds. They're very light because um, you don't want to, what will happen is if you over tighten it, you will push the gasket out. The tension will just shove the gasket out. Um, and then the sealer itself, it needs to cure and set up a little bit. So you tighten them up just enough that you start to see a little bit of sealer kind of bead up or squeeze out of the surfaces. And then that's where I normally will stop uh, as far as tightening it goes. Um, right stuff sets up real fast, so don't mess around, you know, like if you've got plans or somebody's, you know, going to interrupt you while you're doing this, don't start it. Uh, you need to be able to do it uh, with the, without interruptions. So, um, you know, that's really kind of the high points. We use copper spray um sealer on the intake manifold gaskets because they are metal um and then same for the exhaust manifolds they're also metal um the smaller gaskets that are paper like the water pump one a lot of times we don't even use a gasket on the water pump we just use a red a phenolic sealer on those so that the pump impeller clearance is just as tight as possible without rubbing um, that way it moves as much water as possible. Um, what else? Yeah, the round gas, the round seals, like for the rear main and the front timing cover, are very tight. They are very snug. And so it can be a frustrating exercise driving those in 
Um, you just have to take your time, be smart, don't mess them up, because especially the rear main, if that's one you booger up, yeah, you got to take the trans out or pull the engine back out to fix it. Uh, again, don't use a screwdriver to pry it out. You will scratch the crank up, and then you will forever have an oil leak. Um, so I have a video on YouTube about how to remove the rear main um, front cover. You know, some people like to put a speedy sleeve on the crank pulley uh, before they put it back together. Uh, that helps eliminate some of those front timing seal leaks. Uh, what else? Yeah, just being thoughtful. You know, if it's your first time or you're not sure, take a ton of pictures. Ton of pictures. Uh, you know, of the engine, how we started, what's it supposed to look like. You know, as you disassemble, what went where, you know, you can get like, um, get those paper plates that have the different compartments. Um, and then, you know, you can use those to help organize your hardware if you have a hard time remembering where stuff goes. Uh, you know, just real carefully go through it, pay attention, and then, um, you know, go back. Go back through. Uh, we use on our freeze plugs when we put them in the brass ones. We'll use a real light layer of blue um, RVT around the um, around the perimeter of them when we drive them in. It just helps make sure that there's no weeping leaks. I know it might defeat the purpose of a freeze plug because it's probably harder to come out when it freezes, but anymore most of you guys are way more mindful than our grandparents were about leaving stuff outside and keeping the uh, coolant up and, um, and and current but anyway oh the other thing intake manifold there's those funny domed freeze plugs that go into those you will install those like i said you'll you'll dent it in the middle to to hold it in there and then we generally put a little, a light layer of uh, right stuff or Loctite sealer around the outside of it to kind of cover it to prevent any vacuum leaks that you might get if you didn't seal it right. You know, you're, when you drove it in, it didn't quite seal like it's supposed to. Uh, the, the Loctite, or not Loctite, the uh, right stuff will kind of act as a backup in case your freeze plug didn't seal the way it was supposed to on the intake manifold. Um, what else? I think that's about it. This is a long podcast, so uh, there was a lot to cover. Hopefully you guys learned something. Hopefully it was informative. Um, yeah, so if you have any questions, let me know, uh, like always. And uh, thanks again. Appreciate you guys. And until next time, I'm Dan from Binder Boneyard. Mm -hmm.